BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Hi, and welcome to episode 89 of the Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. If you're new to the podcast, I want to say a very special warm hello to you. I'm so glad you found me. And if you're not new to the podcast, you know that this is a place where we talk about your food peace journey. And food peace, well, that is walking or running away from diets because we know they don't work. And it's also trying to find a way to come to a place of appreciation, respect, and maybe even love your body. And that journey can be different for anyone and everyone, but it's not easy, that's for sure. And I have a letter from someone that I want to share with you. And this person definitely has come to terms with that diets don't work for her. And it started this kind of restrict binge kind of relationship. It's something that you listening probably have experienced too. And even though she has given up dieting and really immersed herself in body positivity, there's still this catch. There's still this really rocky, tumultuous experience with food. And she's wondering where to go next. Before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. Do you experience PCOS and tired of agonizing diets? Are you tired of exercising to the point of total exhaustion, yet it seems to be going nowhere? Do you feel like you have zero willpower, but yet everyone keeps telling you you need to diet in order to control PCOS? Well, I am so glad you're listening today because I have just released a step-by-step guide to PCOS and food peace. Yes, this Love Food podcast is all about the food peace journey. And my course is especially for those of you who have PCOS because after working with hundreds of women with the condition, I feel like I have cracked the code and come up with a system to help you make peace with food without those crappy diets that don't work. So if you wanna check it out, go to PCOSandfoodpeace.com. 
And if you're listening to this podcast the day it's released, I have a very special bonus just for you. Until midnight tonight, September 25th, I have this VIP bonus that allows anyone who signs up for the PCOS and Food Peace course to have special access to me. I'm gonna be doing three VIP group calls, like Q&A type calls to help you move through the system with more ease. And I will be doing that three times um, before the end of the year. And you can only have access to these live calls by signing up by midnight tonight. So get to it. PCOSandfoodpeace.com is where you can get access to the course and find out all the details to see if it's a right match for you. Again, PCOSandfoodpeace.com. I can't wait for you to see the system. All right, enough of that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Dear Food, you are an important part of my life. I love to cook and I love to eat. Many days, you bring me pleasure. I enjoy thinking about what delicious meal I'll cook for dinner and going to the farmer's market to see what's in season and bringing home bags of vegetables and a sticky bun from the bakery. That's when I feel good about you, when I see you as a source of nourishment and pleasure, both. I truly believe that is what you are. Yet, I also have been trying to control you or trying to control myself around you for as long as I can remember. My mom used to tell me, once you grow a fat cell, you'll never get rid of it. And that, in her view, was terrible. I remember at about eight years old, bending over and pinching the skin on my stomach and wondering if I had fat cells. As a child, I lived in a small body, yet worried about it. I was told food that you were the cause of the dreaded fat cells. When my body started to change in puberty, my anxiety about you began, and I started to restrict you. I followed my mom's example and skipped meals throughout the day, only get so hungry and eat a lot of you at night. Big dinners and huge bowls of ice cream most nights. During the summer, I would join her on some kind of extreme diet and exercise regimen. And then in the winter, go back to my pattern of skipping meals in the day and binging on sweets at night. Sometimes ice cream with my family and sometimes bags of candy by myself in front of the TV. And so from fifth grade until now, at 29 years old, I have gone back and forth with you sometimes eating none of you, sometimes sneaking you and feeling ashamed, but always back and forth between pushing you away and filling myself to to discomfort. My love of you has actually been the best part of our relationship. Learning to cook has been a source of great joy in my adult life. And I've even had a few years where I was able to not really think about you other than, than to have fun planning recipes for our weekend cooking project. I had made peace with my body, appreciated that I was a fast swimmer and can run up mountain trails and stop trying to change it, which meant I could see you as something to celebrate, enjoy, and use to nourish my active animal body. But about a year ago, I decided I wanted to shrink my body. I discovered X diet, which despite all the diets I had done with my mother, I had never done before. At first, it seemed so easy to me so logical. I thought I had found the solution. I just needed to measure, weigh, and track every bit of you, and I could shape my body into a different form. I lost enough weight for people to comment on how, quote-unquote, healthy I looked, and I liked that. 
I liked looking at myself in the mirror. I got attached to this new body. But food, I was obsessed with you. Even as I kept forcing you out of my life, I worried that I wouldn't have control over anything I enjoyed too much. So I first gave up all sugar, then nut butters and nuts, then even yogurt, because I love yogurt and would sometimes eat what I thought was too much of it. I was weighing every bit of you and eating primarily vegetables and protein while also increasing my exercise more and more. One day, while weighing my morning portion of cabbage, I realized that I did not like this version of myself. I was not happy. I noticed that my pleasure in life was slowly shrinking away. And I was so focused on the shape of my body that I forgot to be a joyful, passionate human being. Since then, I've tried to fall in love with you again. It's been almost nine months now and our relationship is tricky. I tell myself that I will stop restricting, but still avoid buying peanut butter and refuse to keep anything sugary in the house. I still track my calories and can't seem to stop. I resisted doing it for a few days when visiting with a friend, but then went back to it as soon as I was alone again. I tell myself I will, I will stop, and then I'm overwhelmed by the anxiety of not knowing how much I'm consuming and go back to weighing, measuring, and tracking. But I'm eating what I perceive to be sufficient calories for my body, and so I tell myself that I'm not restricting you and then feel surprised when I binge. I'm still stuck in restriction, even though I don't want to be. And that means I'm also struck, stuck with binges, which make me feel horrible most of the time. But sometimes I actually like the feeling of eating too much. Sometimes I generally want to feel really full and actually almost choose to eat more of you than my stomach wants. Food, how do I truly learn to stop restricting you? How do I escape the fear that not tracking you, counting you, will radically change my body? It doesn't seem like enough to just change my mind about you. I have changed my mind many times and promised myself that I will not restrict anymore, but I can't do it. I've heard about the strategy of stalking, but I'm too afraid to do that. I'm still obviously in a place of fear and anxiety about you. Even though I'm enjoying more diversity in my meals now, I hate carbs again, for instance. What are some steps I can take to teach my body that you are safe? to teach myself that fat cells are not the enemy, but necessary and beautiful? How do I move away from the fear of going back to the way I was before, which keeps me obsessed with tracking you? I don't use social media, so I don't follow unrealistic Instagrammers. I already listen to numerous body positive podcasts and really focus on strength in my workouts, which has helped me to see my body as something powerful instead of something that needs to shrink. That is all helpful, but I still can't make myself stop weighing and tracking what I eat. I've heard many other letters to you, but I feel like the people who wrote wrote those letters are further down their food peace path than I am. I am just starting on this journey and I haven't quite shifted to a full commitment. I can't seem to make myself do all the things that others find helpful, stalking, giving full permission to eat, and so forth. What can I do to make myself ready for that? Where do I begin? Love, baby steps. Hey there, baby steps. Thanks for your note. From reading it, I get the sense that you are someone that really values being in the present moment. You know, reading about 
how you love to cook and this experience going to the farmer's market and seeing all the sights and smelling all the smells and connecting with what's in season. It's reminds me of grounding and being in the present and also connecting to that pleasure that comes from living in the moment. So hearing about your experiences with food and your body, what you've been taught and what you've been doing, that is in a direct conflict with those values. So I'm so glad you wrote. And I hope that I can help you find a way to pivot because that's what it seems like you're trying to tell me is that I need to pivot and do something different because I'm not quite getting to the part that I want to get at, the meat of what's causing all of this disconnection, which again, is the opposite of what you really value. To get to that, I think it's important to really examine a couple of things. One is what you learned about your body. You know, you mentioned that your mom taught you that once you grow a fat cell, you'll never get rid of it. And as young as eight, you were connecting to that information and you started to wonder and worry about it. Around seven, eight, nine, right in there is when our body image starts to form. That's when we start to realize that we're this person and have a body. It's usually pretty neutral or it's supposed to be, but for so many of us, especially now because of the fear of weight gain being a part of society, more people are getting these messages as part of their foundation. And when I piece together what you learned from your letter, it sounds like you got this message that your body is for controlling. It's to be controlled. It's not for pleasure. It's not for connecting. It's to be controlled because if you don't, well, then you can never go back. There was a kind of a dogmatic and dichotomous kind of uh, theme that you were taught with your body. And what a shame because our body is the root of connecting to the moment and so much pleasure. And of course, as time went on, as you were getting older, the way that you connected to your mom was through dieting and through the rituals associated with dieting. And I have a feeling that you and your mother, no matter what your relationship is like, there's a lot of love there. And a part of connecting to that love is also connecting to those rules. So as you're looking at why this is so hard, I have a feeling that's why. There's this foundation of my body needs to be controlled. And also the rules were a part of how you connected to those closest to you in your life. So as you moved forward and you know, in your teens and your 20s, I picture you in this kind of figurative way, metaphorically maybe, connecting to that love by connecting to the dieting and the restricting the in the binging, how that kind of pattern was just familiar and maybe even felt reassuring because it was so familiar. And I think it's important just to keep that in mind and why it's so hard to move past it is because there are some positive memories with it. I found it really interesting that a part of your recovery journey has been learning how to cook. And I think that's the the reason why it's so interesting is because it does connect with the things that I was getting the sense that you value so much with being in the present 
and being grounded. And when we cook and we're touching the food and we're preparing it, especially if you really get into the act of cooking and baking, it takes time. I feel like it's such an act of uh, self-care and um, nourishment and it takes precision. And um, when, you know, when I read about how you really enjoyed it, there was so much joy connecting to that. I can see how that really helped you to move past those food rules because they weren't in your head. They were more grounded and there was a tactile experience with it. There's a big but with all of that, letter writer. You mentioned that a year ago, you decided you wanted to change your body. And everything that I was thinking about at that point was like, what happened a year ago? What was going on? What was going on that made it really, really tough to stay grounded? What made it tough to stay in your body? And it seems natural knowing your history that something was so tough going on that it was easier to think about how to control food than whatever else was going on. So instead of giving you some tactile advice, I think I'm just giving you more questions, but I would encourage you to let yourself go back to a year ago or maybe a year and a half ago and really sit with what was going on to help you to reconnect to your present moment, to help you get grounded in the moment and reconnect with things like pleasure. And if you find that it's something that you can't tolerate, maybe something happened, it could be something as obvious as like a trauma, or it could be something that's really common in our mid-20s with identity development. You may have heard of something called the quarter-life crisis. Yes, it's real. <laughs> and I'm, I'm laughing because I can remember mine. But, you know, it could be something that was being stirred up that really um, was too hard. And maybe in that moment, thinking about food and what you were putting in your mouth and dieting and restricting and binging was just so much easier. And maybe that's how you got through whatever was going on. There may be someone listening who's experienced something similar, and that's what I would encourage you to do. If you feel like you've been in a place of recovery or your relationship with food's been pretty much what you want it to be, and then it seems like suddenly everything changed, I, there's a reason behind it. And sometimes our, our brain will do things to protect us and distract us. And um, it's important to honor that. I think it's really important to honor that. And then as you get to a place where it doesn't serve its purpose anymore and you're ready to dive deep, I would encourage you to dive deep. So for you, letter writer, or anyone listening who's experienced something similar, this is the perfect place to work with a therapist. Totally the, the, a really wise investment. Something I believe is that everyone would benefit from getting weekly therapy for a year, at least one time during their life to really just be able to get to know themselves more and things like their values and to be able to build up systems that can prevent you from using things like eating disorders to get through moments and build up a bucket of self-compassion and just tools to help you get through life's moments. So I would encourage you to do that and explore um, a therapist if you haven't already. I want to switch a little bit, and actually, it's kind of looping back to what we were discussing in the beginning with how you learned about your body. 
because something that you are saying in your note is you're confused on how to really stop restricting to help you stop binging because there's this fear that if you don't keep controlling everything, that it'll radically change your body. And of course, I'm hearing a fear of fat in there. That reminds me of the rules you were taught by your mom, that once you get a fat cell, there's no going back. And as you're looking towards your future, there's a lot of all or nothing being thrown at it. So if you decide to work towards recovery, then it's all going to go to crap. (laughs) And if your body changes because of it, it's all going to be horrible and go to crap. And, you know, recovery is messy and not linear. It's not all or nothing. And as you move forward, you can take a couple steps forward and a step back. It's it, That's just how recovery looks. You don't have to be all or nothing with it. I would encourage you to keep moving toward it and not until you're fully immersed in it will you really see all the benefits of recovery. But there's many different ways for you to do it, and it's okay to ease into it. So, you know, if you're looking into reconnecting with certain foods, you can take your steps however you need to take them. You can add in more foods as you need to. But like you said, as long as you're tracking your food, as long as there's words like, obviously I have sufficient calories, um, I've kind of put a quotes around those. As long as there's things like that in there, there's still going to be disordered eating. There's still going to be binging. There's still going to be the fear of fat. And the more you can work towards being consistent with your values, the stronger your recovery will be. So as you're trying to reconnect with food, I would encourage you to try to stay really grounded. Do things that you can do that help you to stay in that moment. And it sounds like for you, that's cooking, that's going to farmer's markets, that's um, being around food and, and the environment with that and seeing and smelling and tasting. Those are all things that I, I get the sense keep you connected to the moment and keep you grounded. Whenever your brain starts to go to those places of what if, remind you that that's not you. That's not your belief system. That's not your value system. And grab, uh, you know, grab some tomatoes that are on the vine or <laughs> grab um, some nuts, you know, that you can take out of the shell. Something that helps you to stay with the tactile experiences with food, I think will keep you consistent with your values. And if if you're someone that's listening that can relate to some of this letter, but maybe being grounded in the moment is not necessarily something that you value. I would encourage you, if you're trying to figure out a way to move forward, connect with those values. What do you value in life? What do you value in your experience? What do you, when you are old and gray and have your last few um, days of life, what do you want to look back on and say, these were the most important moments? And it may be things like family. It may be spirituality. It could be... um, so many different things. So I would encourage you to resonate on those those topics because those are the ones that have the power to help you to move forward. And so with that all being said, I see Food Has Written Back, Letter Writer. I'm excited to hear what Food has to say, but I really encourage you to continue to connect with your values 
and with what you want in life in order to move forward. If this week's episode of the Love Food Podcast was helpful for you, I would really appreciate it if you left a rating or review. The easiest way to do that is just to tap the screen on your podcast app and you will connect to a link that says subscribe or leave a review in just seconds. And it literally just takes a few seconds. I would really appreciate it. If you have PCOS and looking for a way to make peace with food, check out my e-course, the the step-by-step system to PCOS and food peace. You can get to it and find more information at PCOSandfoodpeace.com. All right, letter writer, stay in touch. I can't wait to hear what recovery looks like for you. Take care. Dear Baby Steps, we wish you didn't feel the need to count and control us. We have enjoyed our connecting experiences and smiled as you found pleasure in nourishing your body. Something has severed that connection lately. We aren't sure what, yet it's keeping you from understanding what you really need. Consider re-examining your last part of the journey. What led you to this need to control? Understanding this piece can help you fuel yourself to nourish your journey to get over and through this tough, important spot. It will also bring you closer to your peace. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.